Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscaping professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of four best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, The Lawn Care Advantage, Winning Strategies for a Thriving Landscaping Business, available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Now, here's your host. Paul Jamison. Hello and welcome to episode 1000 of the Green Industry Podcast. You heard that correctly. It is time to celebrate. It is a milestone and we are going to take a trip down memory lane and talk about how the Green Industry Podcast got to a thousand episodes. And I really want to just kind of push pause and give credit to where credit is due and give a bunch of thank yous and gratitudes to folks who made this all possible. There is no way we would have a thousand of these episodes if it wasn't for a key uh, few individuals for uh, really um, investing in this podcast in so many ways. So we're going to, we're going to go ahead and um, give those thank yous to everyone who made this possible throughout today's program. But my thought was, and I appreciate it, I got a lot of um, suggestions of, of people giving me kind of grand, grandiose ways we could celebrate this milestone, um, but with the circumstances of life and things of that nature, I just kind of um, wasn't able to quite celebrate as large as I wanted to for this show, but what I wanted to do is uh, go ahead and actually share the story, document the story, kind of like a, a diary journal um, entry of, Hey, here's, here's how we got this far. And so, uh, this is going to be fun, uh, for me just to kind of share the story and, and reminisce on how this has all come to be. And, uh, if you want to listen to me share the story, I will share things I've never shared about before on today's show. So let's dive right into it. 2014, I was in Charleston, South Carolina. It's around lunchtime, beautiful day. I was laying out the pool uh, with my little sister. Uh, she was, uh, you know, she had moved to Charleston after graduating from Clemson. And she was kind of showing me her city, new city. And and uh, anyway, there was a really nice swimming pool at the uh, her friend's apartment complex. We're just hanging out the pool. <laughs> and uh, I'm laying out there relaxing and uh, my phone rings. And uh, it's 2014. And I, I answer it. And, uh, it's uh, a friend of mine, Ray Haynes. He's the general manager at a radio station in Atlanta. And he calls me out of the blues like, Paul, how you doing? And I was very perplexed why in the world he was calling me. It's like, Hey, Ray, what's going on? You know, kind of skeptical. He's like, well, he's and I'm not going to do his impersonation, but he's got a, a unique voice. And he's like, I was just talking to Bruce, our, our mutual friend. And he said that, um, your name came up and we're, we're anyway, we're looking for an on air radio announcer. And I kind of laughed. I was like, you know, I cut grass. I was like, I don't, I don't know if, if you got the right guy here, Ray. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, uh, I know I got the right guy. He's like, and he was saying that you have um, integrity and you're a trustworthy man. He's like, that's all I need. He's like, I'll teach you the radio stuff. He's like, I just need someone who can show up on time. And I said, well, I, you know, I can do my best. And uh, it's like, when, when do you need me? And he's basically like, well, that's the thing. He's like, it's going to be a, uh, overnight show, uh, you know, the graveyard shift, midnight to 6 a.m. And I kind of thought about it for a minute. I'm like, well, I run a business during the day. I don't know how that's going to work. 
And he's like, well, why don't you think about it? Why don't you pray about it? You know, he told me the salary, which wasn't much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it'd be midnight to 6 a.m., five nights a week or, or uh, uh, forget, th- th- maybe it was four nights a week, three nights. I forget, but it was, it was multiple nights a week. Uh, my friend Bruce was going to do several of the nights and then I was going to do the other nights he doesn't do. We're going to kind of tag team. So I thought about it. I prayed about it. And I was like, you know what? I've always um, kind of wanted to be on the radio. And I was like, this is my, this is my opportunity. So I was like, let's do it. So I went to the training and they trained us up. And then the next thing you know, they, they put us in the the night watch and midnight to 6am. There I go at midnight, the red on air light flashes and I'm talking into radio land, you know, and, uh, had a lot of fun doing that. And I, I did that in the middle of the night for a couple of years. And while I was in there from midnight to 6 a.m., I'd watch YouTube all night. And I'd watch Geek the Freak. He had these videos of um, doing basically like a vlog style of him out, you know, mowing yards for 30 bucks a pop, 35 bucks a pop, 25 bucks a pop. And uh, I was like just having so much fun watching him. And then sometimes I'd, you know, I'd leave at 6 a.m. I'd go load up my trailer and I'd work in the morning or I'd go home and take a little nap and then I'd wake up and I'd go cut grass in the afternoon. So I, I really found the lawn care community while I was working the overnight shifts doing radio. And I, I started watching Keith Kalfis. I started watching Blake Albertson. I started watching uh, Naylor Taliaferro, the lawn care rookie. And I started watching all these guys, the OGs, uh, Spencer Lawn Care. And um, there's a handful of these guys, Johnny Moe, uh, that were making videos back in 2014 um, and I had nothing to do in between my, I only came on the radio four times an hour, you know, basically top of the hour, 15 minute mark, bottom of the hour, 45 minute mark roughly. And then the other 12 minutes in between my, my, we call them breaks when I would go live on the air, I, I didn't have anything to do. So I'd watch lawn care YouTube videos and it taught me about my lawn care business. Um, you know, Keith Kalfas taught me how to know my worth and to charge more, um, Naylor taught me about route density. Um, Greg just made it fun. Like I made me look forward to going and mowing, you know, four five, six yards the next day. And so I fell in love with this community and I fell in love with broadcasting. But the problem was I was, according to my boss, Ray, I was no good. And I talked to him one day and I was like, Hey, Ray, you know, this, the schedule is just really tough on my health. I'm getting worn out and fatigued and, and just, it's not, it's not feasible to, run a lawn business and be up all night. Like I just, it's taken a toll on my body. I don't know how much longer I can do this. And, and long story short, in a professional way, he told me I wasn't good enough to be on prime time. He's like, yeah, you, you, Paul, he's like, basically, he's basically saying, you're no good of a broadcaster. You're, you pause at the wrong time. It takes you four minutes to say what you could have said in 35 seconds. And he just started railing into me. And I was like, well, what can you like just teach me how to be better? Because if I can get better, can I be on in the day? It's like, yeah, you can be on there in the day if you get better, but you're not, you basically, you're not good enough. So I took it to heart. I mean, it was very, very heartbreaking, um, feedback that, that I wasn't worthy of being on the radio during the day. You know, I had a few of my friends that listened at night. I had a police officer that would drive around and he listened to me, actually a few of them. Uh, they'd call in and they'd tell me, hey, I'm out in my patrol car. I, let you, I love you keeping me company all night and all that. But um, anyway, I talked to a guy in the, um, I'm, I'm getting to the Green Street Podcast. So I just want to let you know the backstory. So 
I talked to my friend David Stein then. He he would come on at 6 a.m. and do the, the primetime morning morning drive show from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And he used to work in um, national syndicated sports. You know, he used to have a show out in L.A. which would go across the nation um, for, I think it was Fox Sports. And then he did another one, uh, another key, you know, main show. I mean, he, he was the guy. This was, you know, before the the Colin Cowards or whatever his name is, Colin Howard. I forget the guys. I don't watch that crap. But um, before all those guys, um, Shannon Sharp and all those guys did those shows, this this like was the guy. He was he was a big deal. And um, long story short, I asked him one day, I was like, David, how do I get better, man? I was like, I wanna, I wanna be on in prime time like you. I love doing this broadcast and stuff, but but boss man says I'm no good. And he's like, you need reps, Paul. He's like, you just need reps. And he's like, uh, I'll give you one one advice. He says, listen back to yourself. Uh, they, they would record when we would come on air. They're called air checks. He's like, just listen back to yourself and you'll notice where you could have been more precise and, and crisp and clear and, and better and, you know, said the joke at the right punch time. And, and just, you'll, you'll just get better if you just analyze yourself. And he's like, and then just work on your reps. Just, just, you know, you're getting on 20, 24 times during the night or whatever, 20, 24 times just try to get better each time. And so I would, I took that information to heart. I really respect David. He's a, he's an excellent broadcaster and I would, you know, try again. I'm like, okay, that took me four minutes to say, let me try next time to say in 50 seconds or less, or, you know, 45 seconds or less, and just try to get to the point, say what I got to say and, and, and get rid of all the, the fluff and the, um, dragging it on and on. So, so anyway, I just practice year after year, I was in the night watch for or, or you know, over yard shift, graveyard shift, what night shift, whatever you want to call it. It was it was a miserable uh, midnight to six a.m. for years, and there was a set of circumstances that happened where essentially they needed someone during the middays, ten a.m. to two p.m., and they called me up, you know, from the minor leagues to the big leagues, so to speak, and basically like the conversation was, "You're not ready, but we need you, <laughs> so you're gonna get your shot, Paul." and you got to be, you know, the boss was like, basically like you gave me some parameters to stay in my lane. Like, um, and so because there was a, a, a need arose where they needed an on-air personality during the day, 10 AM to two, I think actually it started off 10 AM to 3 PM. And then eventually I was like, listen, I, I need more daylight to go do my yards when I get off at two. So, you know, I'd get off at two, I'd have my trailer all loaded up and I'd go and I'd, I'd work till dark 30. So, um, Eventually, I think they let me get out of there at two instead of three. So I just had an extra hour to beat school bus traffic and, and get, get to my neighborhoods and get, get cranking my yards out. But anyway, that, that changed everything because now I was on a, a, a larger based show, you know, that was heard by thousands. And uh, it, uh, it really expedited my, my broadcasting career because I got better and better. Well, around this time, uh, you know, 2015, 2016, uh, 2017, uh, I think it was 2017 when I really kind of got, got thrown into primetime. Uh, my friend Naylor had invited me to be a part of kind of a mastermind group. We don't really talk about it. It's one of those things, you know, kind of like a fight club thing. You don't, you don't talk about it, but I'll say enough to say I did not deserve to be in a group of um, th this caliber of, of business owners. There were some very sharp uh, business owners in this group. And Naylor invited me in and I just felt like, man, you know, revenue wise, I was probably the smallest revenue compared to these guys. And, and business wise, I was, I just felt like the um, low man on the totem pole. I was like, I can't believe I'm in this group with these guys. Like, this is so much fun. And I just, 
you know, I try to say something smart every now and again and, and add value, but I was just soaking up, um, being friends with Naylor and, and all the other, um, people that were in our mastermind group. And over the years I had told them, I'm like, Hey, in addition to, you know, Jameson landscaping, I, I eventually changed the name of my business after that. But I was like, you know, I just told them, I was like, I have a radio gig I do. And, and they just thought that was so cool. And they just saw, um, sometimes I'd message them from the radio station and they just saw my passion for broadcasting. And it was like, I was excited about my lawn care business. And in 2016 in my lawn business, I peaked out at having customers, you know, the, um, coaches for the Atlanta Falcons, the players for the Atlanta Falcons, they went to the Super Bowl that year. And I got to go, I was a part of the team essentially, not like on the 53 man roster, but I literally was down in the locker room after they won the one, won the NFC championship. Like literally, I know Jeremiah Jennings one day is like, man, these stories you tell Paul are too far fetched. I'll put my, I I'm telling you guys. And for those of you who are on, followed me on, on Snapchat and Instagram back in the day, you know, I'm telling the truth, but I literally, I drove the defensive coordinators, uh, wife and, and friends down to the NFC championship game. I parked, you know, by Julio Jones and then the players parking garage and walk over into the locker room area, go to the game after the game. I go down and I'm literally sitting in the locker room and, and it was fun. The, they got like these state troopers down there in the locker room and, um, you know, the coaches are running through as they're getting ready to go out on the field and do the champagne and celebration and like, Hey, what's up, Paul? Hey, Paul. And the state trooper was funny. He was looking at him like, who in the world is Paul guy? Why, why does everyone know me? And, um, I was in there. I remember Julio Jones parents were sitting right next to me and, and, uh, it was just a wild, wild, wild from a business perspective. I had amazing customers, a lot of the Atlanta Falcons players, the coaches, I was hanging out with the team and it, business was booming. And so I had a passion for business. I, I, I enjoyed my lawn business. I enjoyed watching that grow, but I also had a passion for broadcasting. And so around that time, 2016, I think it was paid John Pajak, Caleb Ballman, Naylor. Somehow my name was getting thrown around with, Hey, you should start a podcast. And there was only one podcast that I'm aware of in our industry at the time. It was a, a fella. Um, his podcast was called Lawn Care Business Success. His name's Julio Tomei. And that was it. There was no other podcast. And so when I say years, I'm not exaggerating, plural years, Caleb Ballman, John Pajak, Naylor Taliaferro, there were several others, Brian Ringading, um, Joe DePace. Uh, there, there was a few others, but the, the main trio was... Um, Caleb Allman, John Pajak, Naylor Taliaferro, they were on me. Paul, you love broadcasting. You have radio history. You love lawn care. Dude, start a podcast about lawn care. Like, this is a no-brainer. Come on, Polly. They call me Polly. Come on, Polly. Like, go for it. 2016 is when I think this chatter started happening. And I didn't do it. 2017 comes along. Come on, Polly. What are you waiting on? Let's go. You know, I mean, literally when I say they're pushing me, they're pushing me to get this podcast off the ground. I didn't do it. 2018 rolls around and I'm, I'm, they'll, they'll tell you, I'm telling the honest truth that they were, they were pushing me to do this before all this. And I, I didn't do it. 2018 comes around. It's August, 2018. I'm in Minneapolis. Uh, my friend, Brian ring, he had an old 48 inch uh, West Coast stand on lawnmower that, that they weren't using anymore. He had like seven other lawnmowers and it was just sitting out in his yard. And 
At the time, my biggest mower was a 30-inch um, commercial X mark. Good mower, by the way. But I, I had um, picked up Peerless Prices yard. He used to play football for the Tennessee Volunteers, Buffalo Bills, and he had a big old yard. And so here, here I am, you know, pushing a 30-inch, and I had a 21-inch too. So we'd, you know, someone be in the backyard with the 21-inch, while someone be in the front yard with the 30-inch, and it was inefficient. I just took the job because I was a celebrity type person. And I was just kind of trying to get as many of the celebrities in this neighborhood that I could, because it just was my networking strategy. And so anyway, I was talking to Brian and, and the boys in the group about this. He's like, Bali, he's like, you need a more efficient mower. He's like, I got you come up to Minnesota. I'll give you a trailer to, to put the mower on and a mower. Just come pick it up. So I hopped on an airplane, went up. Uh, I mean, like, it was like, he tells me this and pretty much the next week I got my flight for, I was like, I'm coming. I'm like, don't tell me twice, free 48 inch mower trailer. Uh, you know, it was a nice five by 10, uh, five by eight or five by 10 trailer. And, uh, you know, he fixed it all up. The, the electrical work, the, he, he did a bunch of new stuff to it. He put a few hundred bucks into it. He put several hundred bucks into the mower. He threw a brand new engine on that puppy. And, um, you know, I'm up in Minnesota, uh, to, to pick that up. And that's when my life forever changed. Stop wasting time responding to website inquiries that are not in profitable service areas. Let my service area filter those inquiries for you so you know every inquiry will be in one or more of your profitable areas. My service area is a secretary for your website that will only allow good leads and inquiries through your website. This means no more looking up addresses and responding to people that you cannot service. Using my service area will allow you to focus on certain areas which help build dense routes. Daily miles traveled matter more than ever today, so knowing your numbers and how far you can travel mean everything to your success. Start saving time and become more efficient today with my service area. You can learn more at myserviceareacom forward slash Paul. Again, that's myserviceareacom forward slash Paul. Are you in the market for a new high-performance mower? Look no further than the Kubota Z200. This mower combines quality, comfort, and ease of use all in one package. And now select models come with the new K-Ride Comfort System for optimized comfort. Experience the elevated zero-turn performance with the three-point system and choose from cutting decks ranging from 42 to 54 inches. Plus, the Kubota Z200 comes with Kawasaki engines. Don't wait to experience the difference for yourself. Visit KubotaUSA.com for more information and to find your local Kubota dealer. Do you spend too much time worrying about the safety and security of your vehicles and machines? Are you tired of the hassle of building schedules and routes for your crews? Well, GPS TrackIt is here to help. They understand that keeping your assets safe and managing your crews efficiently are crucial tasks, but they don't have to be your job. Let GPS TrackIt take some of the mental load off with their cutting-edge tools, including real-time asset tracking, optimized routing, efficiency reports, and more. With GPS TrackIt, you can focus on your real job, building your business. So why wait? Visit gpstrackit.com slash Paul to get started and experience peace of mind like never before. Say goodbye to disorganized and inefficient business management. Upgrade to Jobber, the field service management software. Streamline every aspect of your business from quoting to invoicing. 
impress your customers, and increase your productivity. Start your journey to success with Jobber now at getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Again, that's getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Okay, and we're back. And I definitely am going to give the shout outs and give credit to where credit is due for um, everyone who made this podcast possible. But I'm starting with the origin, origin story because without Naylor Taliaferro from the LCR Media Podcast, without Kayla Ballman from the Kid Contractor Podcast, without John Pajak from the Profits with Pajak Podcast, it's interesting that all three men who really pushed me to do the podcasting, they all have their own podcast now. And Mr. Producer, we'll get to him here in a little bit, but he played a big role in talking to the general manager at the radio station on my behalf in a very persuasive way to help me until I could afford my own equipment to be able to kind of use some of the radio stuff on, on the off day on a Sunday when no one was there just as a very temporary setup, because at the time financially, I didn't have the the means to, to get all the, the bells and whistles that I have now. So well, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. So I'll get to that in a moment. And of course, Mr. Producer is the uh, most influential of all in this whole equation. There's no way we'd be at a thousand episodes without his generosity and excellence in broadcasting, but we'll get to, we'll get to his um, entrance into the story in a moment. So back to 2018, August, hot August, lots of mosquitoes in Minneapolis. For those of you who've never been up there, Ooh, we, uh, I've never been bit like mosquitoes like that in my life. And um, I was hanging out in Brian Ring's backyard after he gave me the mower and he gave me the trailer and he showed me how to ride the mower. I'd never been on a style mower like that before where you have these like, um, and they're not called joysticks, but I ain't never been on a mower like that. And it was, it was an older model. So he was kind of showing me how to use it. And he's laughing at me. I'm in the backyard spinning out and just, um, never, never used a stand on mower like that up until that point. And so he, he's like, just stand on it and go. And I'm like, you know, about to run into the woods. And I, anyway, um, it's one of those things. If you, you can't, you, you, both of your hands have to be on it on all times. If you let go on one of your hands, it will just spin you in circles. So anyway, I didn't, I didn't know all that. And he was, he got a kick out of my inexperience. So long story short, we're out there. I'm getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. Like Brian, I got to go inside. I'm not, I can't, ha- I can't hang with you, Minnesota boys. So we, we go inside, have, have good uh, fellowship. And I wake up super early the next morning. He, he was still sleeping. His family was still sleeping. And I woke up, I, I, I got in the U-Haul. I had rented a U-Haul long story. Um, and I had the trailer and the mower and I'm, I'm on my, my merry way over to Indiana, Indiana, uh, Indiana. Um, my friend Rusty Everidge lived in Indiana. So I, I mapped it out. It was a, about an 18 hour drive. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll drive nine hours one day, stop at Rusty's, uh, in Indiana, drive the nine next hour to nine hours back to the ATL. So start off in Minneapolis, get over into Wisconsin. I'd never been to these cities before or states. So it was fun to go to Minneapolis. Never been to Wisconsin in my life. It was nice to see that state. Next, I think I got to Illinois and kind of bypassed the Chicago area. And then after about two hours outside of Chicago, or maybe an hour and a half-ish outside of Chicago, it started turning into cornfields. And it it looked, I had been, I think I may have been to Iowa before, but it had looked like Iowa, just cornfields, nothing going on. I'm in the middle of Illinois. And this does not happen to me uh, frequently. Uh, so I don't want you to think that this is every day or every week or every month um, type ways that I 
uh, encounter God, but I, I had a vision. And uh, I guess you would call it an, an open vision. I was wide awake, obviously. I'm driving a U-Haul, you know, 70 miles per hour down the highway. And while I'm driving, and I don't know, I, this stuff is beyond my pay grade. I, I think God created time and he's outside of time. So it, it may have been a split second, but to me, it felt like five minutes, but it might have just been a millisecond. I don't know how all this stuff works. I'll just tell you what happened straight up. I'm driving down the highway, 70 miles per hour in this U-Haul. I literally have a vision. It was like I watched the movie. And in this movie that I'm watching while I'm wide awake, but I'm, it's like I'm watching a movie. I see somebody, they're in like a pickup truck, maybe in Arkansas, I don't know exactly where, um, and they're driving, and I'm like like a fly on the wall, if you will. I'm, I'm, I'm behind whoever's driving this pickup truck, but I could see them driving the pickup truck. It was a very unique experience. And so I'm watching them drive their pickup truck down the road, and they were listening to me on their um, you know radio-type device, and I knew it wasn't the radio show that I did back in Atlanta because I was talking like about business. And I was like, this was something else they were listening to. And then I, it, it, the scene switched and it was like, there's another guy, like he was in kind of like a shop, uh, you know, like a store, uh, like, a, yeah, basically like what Fullerton's building and, and what Mitchell Gordy has, um, what Caleb Allman has, just like a shop like that. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily brand new and nice like theirs. It was a little rustic and old and raggedy, but it, they were in a shop type thing. And it was like, they had like a stereo type thing and they were listening to me. Again, I'm talking about business and I'm watching this. And this scene just kept playing out with different, uh, different, uh, cities, different locations, different places from the, the, um, pickup trucks to the shops, like where you would sharpen your blades and kind of store your equipment. And they were listening to me talk about business. Um, you know, on these, these devices, like a stereo or radio or, or something like that. So then the vision ends and I'm, you know, wide awake, 70 miles per hour, cruising down the highway. You know, it wasn't really much traffic in the middle of Illinois on a whatever weekday it was at 11 a.m. or whatever. It's just, just, just kind of me. And after I have the vision, I hear the Lord internally. It wasn't an audible outside me voice, but it was inside me. I could hear a voice and it said, um, if you build it, they will listen. And in context, I was very familiar with a baseball movie. I think it was Kevin Costner called uh, Field of Dreams. And what's crazy, I'm going to tell you something crazy here in a minute. It's crazy. Can't make this stuff up. So I knew that baseball and in that baseball movie, that I knew that baseball um, field and in that baseball movie, essentially they told, I think it was Kevin Costner, the actor, if you build it, they will come. Um, Meaning if you build a baseball stadium in the middle of Iowa cornfield, they will come. Well, here I was literally in the cornfields. That wasn't Iowa, it was Illinois, but it looked the same as they do in Iowa. It was just cornfields. And so when I heard that phrase, if you build it, they will listen. I knew instantly this is what Naylor had been talking about. Caleb had been talking about. Pajak had been talking about. If I build a podcast about business, they will listen. Now, what's crazy is obviously we started the podcast. We're on episode 1,000 today. The day that episode 500 came out, they literally had a baseball game at the Field of Dreams field in Iowa, in a cornfield. 
on the exact 500th episode anniversary, or I don't know if anniversary is the right word, milestone, birthday, celebration, whatever it is, when we had, you can go back and look on the date of our 500th episode. It was the exact day that they had the first ever Major League Baseball game in the Field of Dreams. They played a legitimate regular season MLB Major League Baseball baseball game in the Field of Dreams on the day of the 500th episode of the Green Street Podcast. And to me, it was just like a confirmation, a kiss from heaven that we're on the right track, that I really had that encounter with God in August of 2018. Um, I call it breadcrumbs. Like it was just a little breadcrumb of, of God leading me saying, start this podcast. I was kind of a knucklehead when Caleb and, and Payjack and Naylor were just so bold with me. Like, Paul, come on, dude, we see it in you. Like Caleb Allman for real was like, Paulie, I see it, man. Like, this is what you're called to do. And um, Naylor and, and Payjack along similar lines, they're, they're not as nice, but they're, I mean, what I mean by that is they're, they're bold with me. Like, come on, dude, get it together. Get, get this podcast up and going. So I had that encounter in August. I don't think I really told anybody about it. Kind of spooked me out because I'm like, well, I have too much on my plate right now. The radio show, my lawn business is budding in a good way, but it was, you know how it is when you're busting at the seams and, and high demand, you do a good job. You got, uh, you know, people want your services. So I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to have time for a podcast. So long story short, it just so happened that Naylor uh, was doing a get to know the pro series where he would travel um, to different cities and he kind of was the um, pioneer of these kind of shop tour type things that eventually I did with the podcast. I know Fullerton does some of these now and a lot of other folks I'm seeing them kind of, uh, uh, I don't know if copycat's the proper word, but you know, they're, they're doing it now. Well, Naylor was the original pioneer of all of that. He, he, um, would go around and in the different cities, he'd hop on a plane, he'd go fly into your city and then he'd, he'd tour your shop or if you, you know, whatever your, your lawn care setup was, he'd interview you. He called it get to know the pro. And it was essentially a podcast, but without being called a podcast. And he would just sit down with the, the professional and let them tell their story. And then he would show off their equipment and their, their setup and their shop and all that fun stuff. Get to know the pro. Well, he had just so happened to be scheduled to come to Atlanta and I was not an influencer. I had maybe, I don't know, 500, 600 Instagram followers. Um, YouTube, my content was kind of all over the place. I did sports videos. I did lawn care videos. I did other style contents. And I, my, my channel might have had a few thousand subs, but it wasn't, it was just, you know, fragmented audience all over the place. And I was not an influencer in any stretch of the imagination. And my business was a glorified chuck in the truck. I had the mower ring gave me. I had my 30 inch X mark. I had my 27 inch true cut real mower. I might've had another real mower. Um, I had, you know, at that point I had already switched all echo. I had really nice echo. I had all the kind of top of the line commercial echo power equipment, not as an influencer that they sent me for crying out loud, just as I, a consumer, I went out and bought all echo made the switch. Um, and, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not worthy of Naylor Taliaferro coming in, you know, looking at my little uh, duct tape op operation, glorified Chuck in the truck, but he chose to come interview me. And I was thrilled about that. He, he was also interviewing Matt LaMarche, um, killing two birds with one stone and Matt's in the Metro Atlanta area as well. And um, he's now moved on to real estate, but Naylor came down, I think it was on a Saturday, you know, him and, and La Smash it as we call him. Um, he, he, you know, interviewed Matt set up and I think they went race car driving and stuff. And then on Sunday, 
He's like, I'm going to swing by on Sunday. Well, I really wanted him to see, A, the country club I worked in um, and see all these extravagant homes I work on. And unfortunately, on Sundays, the, the country club is closed uh, to contractors. It, it's only um, Saturday or pardon me, Monday through Saturday, you know, eight to eight. And so it wasn't going to work out for him to see um, Sugarloaf um, Country Club and these other country clubs I worked in. Um, I worked in three really nice country clubs, um, River Club, uh, St. Ives and, and Sugarloaf. And so they're all closed to, to the contractors on Sunday. The little you know, access pass we have to get in doesn't work on Sunday. So I was, I was all bent out of shape because I was like, oh man, I wanted to show off, you know, everyone kind of puts their highlight reel together. I was like, I could have really put a highlight reel for Naylor and impressed him. And I kind of, you know, I just kind of wanted to impress Naylor, I guess I was insecure. And then I was like, well, I could show him my 35 acres. Now, it wasn't my property, but I lived at the time in a 10,000 plus, I don't know how big it was, 8,000, 10,000. I don't want to exaggerate because it was a humongous house. I call it a mansion. It had a swimming pool and it was a, just a huge house. It was not mine, but my friends owned a landscaping business and it was their house. And they had about 35 acres. They had a big old shop with all their, you know, they had the dingoes and the, um, they had awesome equipment. And so I could have really impressed Naylor with all of that, you know, the, the legit shop. And, um, there used to be a horse barn. They, they renovated into the shop and they got a gym in there and all this fancy equipment and the big house. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, I want to show Naylor, at least he can come see all that and basically see two landscaping businesses in one. Cause I, I kept all my stuff, um, at the time with the family I lived in. And they, like I said, they own, um, a much bigger operation than me. And anyway, they were, they had such a big house. They let me kind of rent out a wing of their house. It was, it was amazing. It was some of the best times of my life. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. So when I got to live, I got to live with them for a few years and it was like, I, I, I didn't want to leave. They kicked me out. Cause, um, their uh, daughter and her husband and their kids ended up moving in um, to my wing of the house. I think it was like a family of four or five. I think she was pregnant time. So basically four and a half, five, depending on how you measure the baby in the stomach. So anyway, they, they basically gave me plenty of heads up. I'm like, Hey, you know, Chelsea and her husband and family are moving into your, your wing of the house. So you gotta, you gotta skedaddle Paul. It's been fun, fun while it lasted. And so, um, anyway, Naylor's like, I think it was Naylor's kind of idea. I was like, well, the other thing is I got to go to work at the radio station. So, you know, if you got to come first thing in the morning so I can show you everything. And he's like, well, can I come to the radio station? And I was like, I don't know how my boss is going to approve of this. But anyway, I kind of pitched it to him and I was like, you know, my friend's coming and blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, that's fine. And I was like, sweet. So I was like, all right, you can come to the radio station. So I loaded up my trailer I had an F-150 at the time. I put a, the open trailer on and I threw a bunch of the stuff. I didn't have all my stuff, but um, you can actually go back and watch that video on YouTube from 2018 when Naylor, I was get to know the pro. I think he titled something like have a little faith or something like that. And um, he, he captured my story. This was pre-podcasting days. And uh, so we meet, we meet up at Waffle House in the morning and I'm all nervous um, for a few reasons. One, I just, you know, I was like, I felt why is Naylor coming to interview me? Like, I'm not, you know, I'm just a regular little Chuck in the truck, um, in my mind. And also I was nervous cause I was like, I know I'm supposed to start this podcast and I just, I know I'm supposed to do it. I just don't want to do it. So we're, we're eating waffle house. And I guess I just let the cat out of the bag. I was like, Hey Naylor it was like, what do you think about the podcast thing? Like I, you know, I kind of think I might've told him about the vision I had in Illinois. And he's like, Paul, you got to do it just start. 
And literally we're sitting in Waffle House. He'll tell you this. You can ask him. And I was like, well, what should we name it? And Naylor was along the lines, well, don't overthink it. Just keep it simple. And I was like, like green industry podcast. Like, it, you know, it's pretty simple. And he's like, yeah, you know, that, that's really simple. That's easy to remember. And so that, that was that I was like, okay, I got the name. And, um, we go over to the radio station. I, I, I kind of did my deal on the radio. You know, I was talking every 15 minutes or whatever. And I pre-recorded a little bit so that I would have time to be, you know, interviewed by him and whatnot. And long story short, um, we then, they have several recording studios at the, at the radio stations. We go into one of the side recording station studio type things. And, you know, we banged out about two hours worth of raw footage. And, and then he's like, I got, I'm going to miss my flight. He's like, I got to get out of here. But we just, we just had a blast. I just hit record, thankfully. And we chatted for about two hours. And so I sliced that up into essentially, you know, my first few interviews on the green industry podcast. This was before I hired Mr. Producer. So the audio wasn't as, um, Mr. Producer does this thing in post-production where he keeps the fidelity of the audio file, but he, he boosts it up. So it gets louder. So you, if you're on a lawnmower or whatever, it sounds full and yet yeah, sounds good. But at the time I, I didn't hire him yet. So people complain those first, you know, 30 or 40 episodes before Mr. Producer started editing them in post-production that they could barely hear us because it wasn't loud enough. So I apologize if anyone ever goes back and listens to those or not. They're not my best audio, but you can see we're having fun. And Naylor and I, we chatted for like three hours or two, 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 three hours. And then, you know, I chopped those up into three episodes. And those are my first, first few episodes. I think I might like episode zero or episode one might've been about me, but then Naylor was on for a few episodes. And then I hadn't really um, I met Brian at, at the 2017 GIE Expo and he didn't know who I was. He thought I was Naylor's assistant, but I was like, I wasn't really friends with any social media influencers. Um, I guess Caleb Allman was a baby Instagram budding influencer at the time. He might've had like 15,000 Instagram followers. So I was like, Hey, uh, Caleb, I was like, can I interview you on my podcast? And I asked John Pajak. He's like, sure, man. And then I asked um, Brian Fullerton, who I didn't really know that well, but he, you know, he seemed like a nice guy. And I was like, Hey man, I was like, I'm launching this podcast and, um, I want to see if I could interview you. And he was just so generous. He's like, absolutely, man, let's do it. And, you know, I, I interviewed, um, him and, and he was so kind. And then, um, it was a really good interview. Of course he was all fired up and then he shared it to his audience. And so that was so helpful because it helped because he was, you know, kind of the only I say in air quotes, influencer. I mean, he, he don't want to be called that. I, well, I don't want whatever, but he shared it with some of his friends, you know, on his, on his Instagram or whatever. He's like, Hey, I was on Paul's podcast. Go check it out. And that really helped because I think, uh, originally some of his Instagram followers started listening and then, um, Caleb Allman, you know, reciprocated and, and, and he was a guest on my show and, and he, he shared it with his Instagram audience and, so now, now, you know, fast forward, these guys' audiences are 10, 20 times larger today than they were then. But back then it was like, I'll take whatever I can get. I'll take, like, it was so helpful that, um, you know, Payjack, Caleb Allman, Naylor, um, Fullerton, Brian Ring, just, just kind of those nucleus of guys, they, they shouted out my show. And then eventually Keith Kalfas came through town. Um, he was at a jobber event here in Georgia and, and he came to that same studio and I interviewed him in person and that was a lot of fun. And so fast forward, uh, 
I forget if it was episode 50 or 60 or 70. It was somewhere in there. I was getting a lot of complaints where guys were saying, man, love the show, Paul. It's just, I can barely hear you when I'm on my lawnmower. Like you, you're just talk too soft. And I'm like, well, I'm not talking soft. I'm talking normal. It just, the way the Adobe edition was recording the audio, I didn't know how to amplify it without losing it. Like you can turn the volume up, but then it sounds horrible. So I was like, I didn't know how to do all that. So I asked this guy that worked at the radio station, Tim, I'm like, Hey man, can you help me? And I asked him for weeks, like, can you show me how to do this Adobe edition thing? And like, I tried to explain to him what I needed, but essentially I just needed my, my audio file to sound full. Like what I mean by full is like, if you're listening to it on a mower, you can still hear me and it doesn't get drowned out by the loudness of the mower. So anyway, he kept putting me off and he kept putting me off and he kept, I was getting so mad because um, I kept asking him to help me and he kept, you know, he had more excuses and someone in jail and he just never, never helped me. And I asked another guy who was working at the radio station, Hey, can you show me? And then again, it just for whatever reason, and in hindsight, it was God. Um, I should have never got so upset with, with my other coworkers. Cause in hindsight, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was the Lord uh, kind of closing those doors because he was opening up a door for who you guys know as Mr. Producer. So finally, in my disgust and my upsetness, I asked my producer now, Mr. Producer, and I didn't even realize that he knew how to do all this Adobe Edition stuff because he was just an on-air personality. So I thought he was a, you know, his skill set was as much as mine. He could just get on air and, and tell a funny joke. I didn't know that he knew Adobe Edition, but somehow I remember this day, one day, I just kind of randomly had said something to him like, oh man, I'm struggling to connect with so-and-so and so-and-so. I just really am getting mad because I want to I wanna figure out how to get my podcast to sound better. And I'm just, it, it, but, but I'm just telling him everything I just kind of explained to you. He's like, oh, I think I could probably help you out. And I think he said something like, send me a raw file or whatever, and I'll see what I can do. And you know, I forget how those first few ones went, but long story short, he's like, well, you know, if you need it, if you need me to do more, I think he sent me an example. And I was like, man, this sounds great. And, um, he's like, yeah, if you ever need me to do more, whatever, here's my rate. And I was like, oh, wow. So I hired him and, you know, I started paying him, uh, per episode and he started editing the show and instantaneously guys started commenting, Hey man, it's what did you do? It sounds better. And, and then, you know, the legend of Mr. Producer was birth. I was like, oh yeah, I hired a producer. And for whatever reason, people thought I was making this up. Um, they, they th I don't know why, but, but there was this rumor that I didn't have a producer, even though I did. I, people thought I was just full of myself and I was saying that I had a producer to sound cool. And anyway, I don't know. There was like a whole little, you, you had to be there. I went to, I went to the Equip Expo, I used to call it GIE and people were making fun of me like, oh, Paul, where's your producer? Ha ha ha. And I'm like, oh, he's back in Atlanta, like with a straight face. And they're like, oh yeah, he's back to Georgia. Ha ha ha. And they were, they were met mocking me. And then it got worse. Cause, um, at this point now, Mr. Producer was, uh, editing and, you know, doing all the post-production for every episode. I just hired him full time. Not, not like a full-time employee, but, you know, as a subcontractor. And then uh, Brian Fullerton, I was at his house doing some podcasting. We were picking up momentum. And I set a goal early on to make 100 episodes because I knew that if I, if I didn't have a, like a finish line goal, I would have probably just got distracted and quit. So I'm like, I'm going to make 100 before I quit. And once I do episode 100, then I'll reassess and reevaluate if there's ROI on my time, if it's worth it, et cetera, et cetera. So, 
So what I want to do is I'm kind of teeing things up for how Mr. Producer got involved in this and how the show really uh, started in 2018 and how we went from there to where we are here with a thousand episodes and thankfully have added, you know, hopefully a lot of value to a lot of um, small business leaders around the world. And so what I want to do is we'll do a part two and we'll pick up on that episode with the story of Mr. Producer. His life has been um, transformed, changed, um, blessed um, because of this community. Um, Obviously, when we tell that story, we'll talk about how he has become the the podcast producer for, you know, well over 10 other shows in um, the trades in our industry. And this is a really, really cool story. So we'll talk about that and about the um, various podcast tours and all the fun um, memories and the most memorable moments on the show. We've had a lot of laughs. Um, believe it or not, we've had a lot of tears on the show. Um, you know, people crying as, as they share um, things that have happened to them in their life and in their business. Um, we've just had so many emotional moments and, and the, the joyous laughs and, and just fun times on the show. Um, there's been some low moments too on the show. There's been some difficult, um, you know, times we've had to pivot out of some things from here and there. And it's, it's all been a learning experience. And to be honest, as a business owner, I, the, the, the business owner I am now after a thousand podcast episodes, hundreds of conversations with other small business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders in business. I mean, I've learned so much from the guests that I have interviewed and from the places I've got to go, you know, go to and see in person and learn. I just learned a lot. And the way I manage business now and have an intentionality to details with knowing my numbers and and living frugally and investing in the future and being more uh, courageous and clear in my leadership skills and the way that I do business and serve customers um, with more passion and excellence than before. I mean, I've, I've, as the host of the podcast, my life has, uh, it's not even recognizable compared to when we had that episode one where Naylor and I sat in that, um, studio. I mean, it's, my life has been transformed and changed and hopefully your life, if you've, if you've listened, I I know you might not have listened to all a thousand episodes, but if you've listened to, um, you know, a majority of these, hopefully the, the nuggets shared by my guest and and on this programming has, has helped move the needle in your business and your life and made you a better person. So what we're going to do is obviously, um, do a part two, cover the story of Mr. Producer, of all these road trips and the the highlight moments um, on the podcast and talk about what's next um, for the Green Industry Podcast. It's certainly evolved over time and we definitely want to keep things fresh and new. So we'll uh, kind of share a little bit behind the curtain of what's next as well. So as always, thanks for listening to today's episode. Um, if this is your first time here and you're not already following the show, smash that follow button. We definitely would appreciate you uh, subscribing to our podcast. So when a new new episode comes out, you'll be notified. So Thanks for listening and hope to catch you on the next episode. The Know Your Numbers training program is the shortcut to financial freedom that I wish I had. You see, success requires more than us just working in our business. We must learn how to work on our business. And in the Know Your Numbers training program, 
you'll learn how to stop burning cash so you can learn to make all your services truly profitable. You can bid with total confidence that each job you sell mean more profit in your pocket as you build long-term wealth. Because we're going to teach you how to start paying yourself as the owner of the business the right way. You can grow a healthy business as we identify and track your cash flow for continuing success so you can stop losing sleep over financial details as you gain the skills to delegate the tough number crunching activities as a lawn care business owner and never chase those unpaid invoices again we'll teach you how to streamline your billing into a hands-free process so we will cover all of this and so much more as john Pajak and i are the teachers in this e-training program it's called know your numbers it's available at our resource center at the green industry podcast.com Don't miss your chance to level up at the 2023 Equip Expo in Louisville, Kentucky. From October 17th through 20th, you can explore the best in landscaping and hardscaping across the 1,000 exhibits. Make the most of this event and use my promo code Paul to save a whopping 50% off your registration. Just check out the link in our show notes and let the growth of your business take center stage at the Equip Expo. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.